Welcome to the Buddha Sasana podcast. This talk was given by Bhikkhu Chintita in Chisago City, Minnesota. Training in the Satipatthana method. To review, we've been talking about what I call the Satipatthana method, which is described at the beginning of the Satipatthana Sutta. Here, bhikkhus, a bhikkhu abides contemplating the body in the body, ardent, comprehending and proficient, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. The same sentence is repeated as for body with regard to feelings, mind, and dhammas, giving us the four satipatthanas, contemplative practices. The satipatthana method as contrasted with a specific contemplative practice, turns out to be very significant in itself. Basically, I've been detailing its significance. First, ardency, comprehension proficiency, and non-distractedness constitute an art of skillfulness, full mental engagement in a task that can be appropriately applied to virtually any other Buddhist practice or non-Buddhist practice, like martial arts. Second, the word satipatthana itself literally describes the method, not the contemplative practice. Satipatthana literally means proficiency attentiveness. Third, the related word proficiency comprehension, satisampajanya, is very widespread in a variety of contexts. I haven't mentioned it, but it also appears as a jhana factor. It refers to the middle two factors of the Satipatthana method. Although it alludes to the method, it literally seems to refer to a ubiquitous faculty of human cognition by which, in order to perform a task, we bring past know-how proficiency into working memory in order to understand the current situation in which the task is performed, comprehension. The Satipatthana method develops and cultivates this natural human cognitive faculty through control of attention, hence proficiency attentiveness. Attentiveness is optimized when it is centered around the performance of a single practice task with minimal multitasking or dispersion of attention, where active proficiency and comprehension are relevant to or gathered around the theme of the task at hand. This is one-centeredness, ekagita centeredness around a single theme. It is also the point at which samadhi arises to take up the theme as the samadhi nimitta in order to facilitate insight as an aspect of comprehension. 
and internalization of Dhamma as an aspect of proficiency, as well as to stabilize the mind around the theme of the practice task. See my related paper, The Miracle of Samadhi, on Samadhi as integral to the Satipatthana method. Proficiency is the dominating factor in the Satipatthana method and in Satipajanya. This is why we call in an expert to do a difficult task. And so it is with Buddhist practice. And how is proficiency the spiritual life's authority? Proficiency is internally well-attentive. In just such a way, I will fulfill the training pertaining to good conduct that I have not yet fulfilled or assist with wisdom in various respects the training pertaining to good conduct that I have fulfilled. Proficiency is internally well-attentive. In just such a way, I will scrutinize with wisdom the teachings that I have not yet scrutinized or assist with wisdom in various respects the Dhamma that I have scrutinized. The phrase, proficiency is well attentive, is sati upatita hoti, which is cognate with satipatthana. Notice that two tasks are cited here, a four in the complete passage, to which proficiency is attentive, training in good conduct and scrutinizing the Dhamma. The first pertains to developing and cultivating ethics, and the second to wisdom. The task of scrutinizing seems to be the specific contemplative practice of Satipatthana itself. Therefore, Sati Upatita Hoti, with respect to both tasks, is in reference to the more general Satipatthana method, not the specific contemplative practice that goes by that name. Next week, I'll show that the Satipatthana method, and not the practice, is the principle behind right proficiency, what almost everyone else calls right mindfulness, the seventh factor of the Noble Eightfold Path. The Satipatthana practice of contemplating the Dhamma is critical for awakening but will turn out to be actually an aspect of developing right view. Training in Proficiency Attentiveness The Satipatthana method is applied throughout to provide attentiveness and to perfect proficiency in every aspect of Buddhist practice. As the general art of skillfulness, we also train in the Satipatthana method itself for its own sake. A simile in the Samyutta Nikaya graphically illustrates this in a non-Dhammic context. The Blessed One said this, Bhikkhus, suppose that on hearing the most beautiful girl in the land, the most beautiful girl of the land, a great crowd of people would assemble. Now that most beautiful girl of the land would dance exquisitely and sing exquisitely. On hearing, the most beautiful girl in the land is dancing, 
The most beautiful girl of the land is singing. An even larger crowd of people would assemble. Then a man would come along wishing to live, not wishing to die, wishing for happiness, averse to suffering. Someone would say to him, Good man, you must carry around this bowl of oil, filled to the brim, between the crowd and the most beautiful girl of the land. A man with drawn sword will be following right behind you, and wherever you spill even a little bit of it, right there he will fell your head. What do you think, Bikus? Would that man stop attending to that bowl of oil, and out of negligence, turn his attention outwards? No, venerable sir. The task to be performed here is that of carrying the bowl without spilling a drop of oil. However, we can see each of the factors of this Satipatthana method fully at work. The sword represents ardency, and the girl, non-distractedness, or rather the challenge to non-distractedness. Comprehension and proficiency are represented by the task of keeping the oil in the bowl. We are not told, but it's easy to visualize, that proficiency and comprehension pertains almost entirely to the body, the position of the bowl, perhaps the art of balancing it on his head, the anticipated movements of the various people present, and the potential for being bumped, the assessed reliability of walking surfaces, the careful placement of each step, down to the potential effect of wind on the balance of the bowl. The body and its physical surroundings are the most apparent basis for skillfulness practice. Although the man's attention must be broad to include almost every aspect of the present situation, it must at the same time strictly exclude the girl dancing and singing, for she could easily become a fatal distraction. The discourse concludes, I have made up the simile, Bhikkhus, in order to convey a meaning. This here is the meaning, the bowl of oil filled to the brim. This is the designation for proficiency directed to the body. Therefore, Bhikkhus, you should train yourselves thus. We will develop and cultivate proficiency directed at the body, make it our vehicle, make it our basis, stabilize it, exercise ourselves in it, and fully perfect it. Thus, bhikkhus, you should train yourselves. This conclusion is striking. It recommends training in proficiency attentiveness itself through choosing themes connected with the body or with proficient engagement in physical tasks. Developing and cultivating proficiency directed to the body, kayagata sati, making it our vehicle, making it our basis, stabilizing it, exercising ourselves in it, and fully perfecting it, is the most direct way of training our skill in the Satipatthana method which we can thereby learn to apply spontaneously 
to whatever task we undertake, not only to tasks defined by Dhamma or having to do with the body. This is echoed in another sutta. One thing, when developed and cultivated, leads to proficiency comprehension. What is that one thing? Proficiency directed to the body. In other texts, we learn that applying wise attention, yoniso manasikara, in the contemplation of arising and falling of feelings, perceptions, and thoughts, develops skill in satipajanya, and that the contemplation of insubstantiality and suffering with regard to the aggregates or the development of cultivation of samadhi leads to proficiency comprehension. This training in the method itself is taken to heart in the following passage from the Samanyapala Sutta, describing one stage of the gradual training, a practice stage prior to the stage at which Satipatthana contemplation is practiced. And how, great king, is the bhikkhu endowed with proficiency comprehension? Herein, great king, in going forward and returning, the bhikkhu acts with comprehension. In looking ahead and looking aside, he acts with comprehension. In bending and stretching the limbs, he acts with comprehension. In wearing his robes and cloak, and using his alms bowl, he acts with comprehension. In eating and drinking, chewing and tasting, he acts with comprehension. In defecating and urinating, he acts with comprehension. In going, standing, sitting, lying down, waking up, speaking and remaining silent, he acts with comprehension. In this way, great king, the bhikkhu is endowed with proficiency and comprehension. The challenge of this practice is that the bhikkhu is so proficient in these routine actions that they require little cognitive effort. Under these conditions, his attentiveness would normally be scattered. Yet he is asked to retain clear comprehension and remain attentive anyway. That is where the challenge lies, and where proficiency is to be gained in maintaining attentiveness anyway under unconducive circumstances. Let's get practical. We can begin to train ourselves in the Satipatthana method itself, the art of skillfulness, without having to practice satipatthana contemplation or even sit in meditation posture. In fact, we can do it in an everyday life. This is actually emphasized in the Zen tradition and by Thich Nhat Hanh. We already have proficiency comprehension as a fundamental human cognitive faculty. We bring expertise to some degree to every task and we like to get good at doing things. This can be a Buddhist practice, but it can also be washing dishes, cooking, fly fishing. Hobbies are particularly fruitful domains 
for practicing the Satipatthana method. What we want to do is improve our attentiveness, ideally to center around a single theme. Here are some tips we can make use of. One, always have a task. We spend a lot of time neither here nor there, undecisive, idle, watching dumb shows on TV. There is little to be centered on. Number two, don't multitask. When driving, just drive. When washing dishes, just wash dishes. Three, become more proficient. Try to become an expert. Learn the techniques. Read or watch YouTube videos about how to do it right. The process of learning keeps us challenged, and so our cognitive effort is less likely to be scattered. Four, build more structure into tasks, even artificially. If you're cutting carrots, make sure every slice has the same thickness. Like the last point, this adds challenge and minimizes scatterbrain. Five, build more structure into your life. For instance, always keep things tidy. Ritualize aspects of your life and challenge yourself to follow the rituals scrupulously. Be upright, have standards, just don't expect them of others. Buddhist ethics is a sort of a lot of structure. Of course, formal meditation practice is also about training to control attention as number six. You may notice that the resulting control of attention, even in everyday life, feels good. In fact, it's joyful. When you center quite well on the needs of the task at hand, the mind will tend to want to stay there. Some will disagree with me, but that is the beginning of samadhi. If you're still actively thinking, it's the first jhana. This can happen even when you are busy cooking dinner. Notice that these tips might sound a lot like we already understand and practice as mindfulness. That's great. The difference in what is presented here is that I've given attention to the various interacting factors that the Buddha also makes clear that constitute what is often regarded as the single thing mindfulness. This allows us to get a clear understanding of how these practices integrate into the larger body of Buddhist practice. Next week, I'll conclude these four talks on the Satipatthana method. We've looked at sati, proficiency, what others call mindfulness. We've looked at the Satipatthana method and the Satipatthana contemplative practice. We've looked at Satipajanya, proficiency comprehension. What is right sati, right proficiency? The seventh step on the Noble Eightfold Path. I'll attempt to answer that next week. To learn more about the Rethinking the Satipatthana Project, please go to sirigu.org slash chintita. That is S-I-T-A-G-U dot org C-I-N-T-I-T-A.